This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Alhamdulillah, Nahmeduhu, Nastainuhu, Nastahdi, Wanaudubilahi, Min Shururi and Fusina, Wamin Sayyati Amalina, Main Yadilahu for who will mohted, Waman Yod Lil Falantajitala who will lead you Moshida, Washadullah, Ilaha illallah, Wahda Hula Sharikala, Washadu and the Sayyidana, Wamaulana, Wahabibana, Wahuswatana, Muhammad Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahabatihi wa man tabi'ahu ila yawmantin amma ba'd Faqallahu ta'ala fil Qur'an al-Hakim A'udhu billahi minash shaytan al-rajim Wala taqtulu anfusakum inna allaha kana bikum rahima Wa qala ta'ala Wala tulku bi'aydikum ila tahluka Wa ahsinu inna allaha yuhibbul muhsinin أيها الأخوة السلام عليكم ورحمة الله. And we begin by praising Allah, who alone is worthy of all praise. We praise Him, seek His forgiveness, guidance, and His mercy. We seek Allah's protection from the evil within us and the evil of our bad deeds. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Glory be to Him, the One God. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is His servant, slave, and messenger. Um, starting back with Fikusira, before we do that, obviously, we have to mention something. And I think this is a, probably the second or third time in the last year and a bit that I've had to mention something. We can't ignore it. There's something in our community and the tragedy and the horror of today, at, uh, yesterday, last night, at the. Um, um, concert in Manchester, in the Manchester Arena, the cowardice of the attack. Words can't really describe the horror and the trauma that we feel, wherever in the world and right near on our doorstep. And why we mention it? We will mention it, whoever it was who was doing it, but we have to mention it especially when the wretched people who call themselves ISIS, I don't know, like using the word Islamic State, and go blue in the face saying Islamic, Islamic, Islamic State, but it's still not Islamic. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Muslim, 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 but still not Muslim in a sense of Muslim ways. We don't say that they are kuffar or anything, but no doubt that these are the people, uh, as one of the hadith, and it's either Sahabi or the Tabi'i, one of the reporters says, they're the dogs of the fire, or the dogs of hell. But before we go to that, of course, our hearts go out to those. May Allah have mercy on the souls that have perished in that. And may Allah give sabr and strength and comfort to those who've lost loved ones and give speedy recovery to those who uh, uh, have horrific injuries or minor injuries or uh, 
mental trauma. May Allah SWT give them a speedy recovery. Those who have been at the hands of many emergency services and doctors and nurses, many Muslim doctors as well involved in that going in last night to treat those horrific injuries. And may Allah give them reward, uh, those who are from all the services and those who volunteer their help. Allahumma ameen. Um, this is our way. Our way is not a minute silence. We have nothing against that, but this Muslim way is to make dua, as we should. We pray to Allah. We have things to say. We ask Allah. Who is the creator? Who is the judge? Um, and we'll be tied for those who even have an inkling in the back of their minds that, well, they were at a concert. As some people did, you know, in Indonesia when it went off. Was it in Indonesia or many years back? Yeah, the, the Bali, and they were saying, oh, they're in a nightclub anyway. Astaghfirullah, <laughs> I hated hearing that from the mouths of Muslims. Okay, so they're in a nightclub, so it justifies you murdering and killing a butcher. So that was a treatment for people who don't have guidance that Allah said to his messengers, go and blow them up and kill them all. Na'udhu to even utter those words is preposterous anyway. This is not the, the way. Uh, this is far from Islam. This is a way of shaitan. This is a way of Iblis. No doubt about it. I have no doubt about it. Uh, this is not the way of Islam. And uh, uh, whoever takes claim for it, and you know, this is suicide for the one perpetrating it, whoever is with him supporting it. And suicide, as the Quran says, it's very clear. It's hated in Islam. Allah does not condone but condemns it. Do not kill yourselves. And that's for those who are... The, the implication in the ayah, those who are going through trial, torture and, and, and misery. Yeah? Surely Allah is really merciful to you. Yeah? He knows what you do. Even then you're not allowed to take your life. Never mind in this situation. And people have a twisted mentality justifying it. Allah SWT says, Do not with your own hands put yourself into destruction. That's against suicide. What does it say? And that, beautiful, that ayah. Allah SWT carries on. He says, Instead, do good works. Surely Allah loves those who do good works. This is not good works. This is not good. This is the works of shaitan, not the works of people of God. And we don't realize, you know, with these twisted mentalities, people who really need to be seeing seriously a psychiatrist, actually need to be seeing a Muslim psychiatrist, somebody who has knowledge of Islam and psychiatry to really sort out their twisted heads and twisted minds. That's what they are. They are not representative of Muslims and Islam. Sadly, that's what we have. Yeah, that's what we have uh, with some of them, but far from Islam. So, and we say that to remind ourselves as well. And and these type of people are linked with the Khawarij, as they were known as by the Sahaba and Tabi'in. And the Prophet Sallallahu warned about them as well. The Prophet Sallallahu warned about them. Uh, one of the reports in Tirmidhi says that the Prophet said, Yati fi ahri zaman, qawm. Yati fi 
في آخر الزمان قوم أحداث الأسنان أو أو وسفها سفها الأحلام near the end of time and any time after the Prophet is towards the end of time and people will come they will be young in age and foolish in their dreams foolish in their dreams they will recite the Quran and one report Various. It said that about these kind of people, they will recite the Quran in such a melodious and beautiful way. When you see them, Qiyamul Layl, yeah, more than you do. And in one report, Prophet said, Tahkiruna salatakum ma'a salatihim wa siyamakum ma'a siyamihim yakra'una al Quran. You will look down on your own salah and theirs and say, Oh my. Goodness, mashallah, muttaqi kind of salah. Yeah, it's, it's the case, isn't it? Yeah, people say, oh, yeah, brother, they, they're very practicing. They do camel lel, these people in ISIS, and they're fasting and doing extra. And, yeah, yeah. and Prophet Sassam said it already 1400 years ago. Yeah. And you look down on your fasting compared to their fasting. Watahkiruna. Uh, and you will look down upon your deeds that you're doing very little compared to them. They're doing very little, but they're doing a lot, but disastrous. They will recite the Quran, but will not go beyond their necks. It's melodious just here in the voice box, but it's not penetrating anything here and here. Prophet <coughs> that's what he said. Uh, and in this report in Tirmidhi, which makes them a young, foolish people, but dangerous, dangerous people. And in, in this report in Tirmidhi, he even says, they'll be quoting, they'll be quoting from Khairul Bariya. He was Khairul Bariya, from the best of creation. Hadith, left, right and center, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Qala Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wasallam, yeah. But they won't be putting it in the right place. In other words, they'll be misquoting the Messenger of Allah, who was sent as Rahmatul Alameen. Is it not so, brothers and sisters? Yeah? And abusing that. So, Prophet already warned about them. Yeah? In one report, he says, yeah, the Sahabi said, and I think the Prophet and if I was there when they, when, if they, when, they, when they come, I would have killed them, like the people of Adam Samud were killed. I would have killed them. And Ali Radhan, he fought them. Because they were dangerous. Because one report mentions also another one. And the Prophet said that they will, they will kill the believers. <laughs> Look at what's happening in the Muslim world. They kill more believers than they kill others. Yeah. They will kill believers and the mushriks they will leave alone. Those kind of people came very early on in Sahaba's time. But these are even worse. They kill uh, willingly anybody. And they're not bothered. May Allah save us and protect us from that kind of misguidance. May Allah SWT fill our hearts with uh, the true meaning of deen. These people are going to drive people away, which is already a materialist and godless society. What do you think this will do? It will drive people away from God and religion. 
So be absolutely clear, this is nothing to do with religion actually. Nothing to do with Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, fill our hearts with patience, sabr, fortitude, good behavior in the face of difficulty and trial. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us examples of that mercy, forgiveness and peace so that we can share that with the, the real meaning of Islam. Allahumma ameen. Um, now, last time for those of you here for the session, if you allow me, we'll return back to the Sira topic. We covered the topic of Hudaybiyah. The Treaty of Hudaybiyah, the Peace Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Uh, as we said last time, which was in the sixth year of Hijrah of Rasulullah. We covered the overall the story. If you remember, we got right to the end of the Peace Treaty being done and Abu Jandal arriving. Who was Abu Jandal? The son of Suhail ibn Amr. Suhail. Why do I mention that? Because he was a representative of the Quraysh at the treaty with Rasulullah Yes? So as a treaty is not being actually signed and agreed, Abu Jandal arrives, if, I remember, if you remember, I mentioned, and uh, to really test the believers. And the Prophet Sallallahu Abu Jandal comes in a disheveled strait and bruised and in, in a bad way because he's been mistreated. Uh, at the will and uh, 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 of his father, Suhail, who's doing the treaty, who's Mushrik still. And he's really harsh with the others, uh, uh, and he's in chains, but he manages to get there. So he's saying to the, uh, to the Sahaba, to the Prophet, take me with you. So the Prophet says to Suhail, give us, let him, take, uh, let him come with us. Why? Because remember what the treaty is? Ten years of peace. Yeah? Ten years of peace. Anybody who comes, goes to Medina from Mecca, as a believer or whatever, will be returned back to Mecca. Anybody who leaves Medina to come to Mecca, we don't have to return them back to you. Right? So it's unfair in that sense. And you know what happened during the writing, etc. I'm not going to repeat all that. But that wound up the Muslims because they were in strength. I explained to you last time. They were now in strength and full of Iman. They're coming for Umrah. They wanted to fight. Yeah, they felt they could defeat the Meccans now. And they probably could. They probably could. But Allah and His Messenger had other plans. And they couldn't understand them. Even some of the leading Sahaba couldn't understand them, as we'll see what happens. Yeah? Whether it was Ali radiallahu anhu, who, want, didn't, who was one of the scribes for this, who was a scribe, didn't want to do what the Prophet said when he said, rub out Rasulullah after Muhammad, put Muhammad ibn Abdullah as requested and demanded by Suhail ibn Muhammad. The Prophet show me where it is and rubbed it out. So, with all that background, Abu, a, a part of the agreement that he can't come, can he? According to the treaty. According to the treaty, he can't come Abu Jandal. And they were returned, not, and, and the Prophet was at the end trying in the treaty to say, so yeah, as long as we're allowed to do Umrah, as long as we're allowed to do Umrah, they said no. You're not allowed to do even come for Umrah. They've traveled all that way, right to the gates, right? 
And it's like, you know, denigration, villa. That's how the believers are seeing it. That we're being made zaleel. We're in our umrah garments with the had, with the hadyu, you know, with the animals for sacrifice. And zaleel is we being denigrated and look, to, to have to return like that, it's like being sent with your tail between your legs. That's what they say in English, yeah? So, no. Sohail said, no, you're not allowed. You can come next year. And you'll come, yeah? Then the condition, you'll stay only three days and nights. And you'll come with swords which are in the scabbard, basically, not drawn. Those are the conditions. So, Abu Jandal, before it's completed the tree, it's not signed yet. So the Prophet said, leave him to come with us. Sohail said, by no means. This is something you see. He's really not going to allow it. So the Prophet kept on asking, let him come, let him come. He said, no means, no. We haven't even signed yet. He said, no, there is no treaty if you demand taking him and if you take him. So the Prophet had to agree. And the companion is standing by. He's, he's saying, now Abu Jandal, are you going to leave me? Are you going to leave me behind to be punished and put on trial by these mushriks? What, they're punishing me and persecuting me? Is that what you're going to do? So he's going to the Sahaba, winding them up even more. They're becoming even more. Eh? Like Omar, I said to you last time, Omar actually said, Hey, you have a sword, kill this father of yours, mushrik. Yeah, and so we'll be rid of him and then we can... And we didn't listen to him. He refused to do that. Um, so... The Prophet said to him, I can't do anything. Yeah. Allah will find for you Farajan wa Makhraja. Farajan will find you an opening, relief, and a way out. Yeah. That was like a dua for Abu Jandal. They will, the way will come out. Okay. Yeah, because otherwise it's 10 years. You understand? So when Prophet is making that, any time before 10 years, you see, otherwise. Because the treaty at that time is 10 years, it means he has to stay in that state for 10 years. Is that right? That's the agreement of the of Sulh al Anyhow, so he's, he's basically left and he has to go back to Mecca. The story then continues. Umar bin Khattab, he reports himself with regret. He said, I became enraged. So now Omar is coming challenging the messenger of Allah. He said, I said, are you not the messenger of God? He said, yeah, Bala, of course I am. Sent with truth by Allah. Yes, of course I am. Are these not mushriks on Batil? And have we not been given the truth? Yeah, this is Omar demanding, you know, he's not questioning with, with respect. He's lost it. And he says it afterwards. Why? Um, some ulama, and I found this, you know, they try and justify, and I, they can justify it from an angle that he's caring for the believers and Islam, but they try and say, well, you know, Umar wasn't doing wrong. He was doing using his istihad to come to a conclusion. Well, I say Umar, Umar was out of order. He himself says he was out of order. You'll see what he says at the end of this hadith. Then he says, are we not being sent with the truth? Are we not, are they not on battle? And then he says, of course. He says, 
Why is it then, despite our deen, that we're being made to have our, you know, put down, made dhalil in front of them, despite our deen? Prophet said, I am under orders from Allah, Umar. Well, I'm only doing what I've been ordered to do. Yeah? And I will not disobey Allah. <laughs> Meaning, with you, despite your demands and emotions, I'm not going to disobey what... He's trying to tell him that I'm not making it up as I go along. <laughs> It's not based on that, but Allah has ordered me to make this treaty and do all this what I'm doing. And then he goes, then he switches tack now, Omar, when he gets that. He goes, you're the one who told us when we set out, didn't you? That you seen in a dream and a vision that we were going to do Umrah and Tawaf around the Kaaba, having our heads shaved. He said, Omar, but I didn't say to you it was going to be this year, did I? He said, no, you didn't. And he said, Omar, and you will. And you will. They've already said, you see, next year you can come. And you will, Omar. But I didn't say this year. So now Omar, in a report in Buhari again, this is a part of a long hadith. Omar goes to Abu Bakr and repeats the same thing. Have we not been sent? Is he not the messenger? Blah, 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 blah. Same repeating. Abu Bakr saying, what are you doing, Omar? What are you doing, Omar? Do you not realize that he's under commandment from Allah? He's a messenger of God. Yeah. Stick firm to what he's, what he's saying. So Omar said, and after that, later when he realized that he was out of order, he said, I continue to do good deeds, voluntary, and give sadaqah, free slaves, yeah? in hope of forgiveness for that day, how I behave with the Messenger of God. He felt so guilty. And he was, he was out of order. Yeah. But emotion and seeing what was going on. Remember I said to you in the meantime, even when the treat is going on, uh, many Sira books don't mention this, there were attacks from the young Mushriks. They wanted to stir up trouble. Yeah. They were coming to the camp of the Muslims in numbers of 70s, 10s and, and, and others to try and attack and start a fire going so they could have a, a war. But they were captured each time. And the Messenger of Allah this time, he just released them, kept on releasing them. Pardoned them, released them. Pardoned them, released them. Not responding to the bait. That was the mercy of Allah, really it was. And you see the believers won't understand that. Some, many of the people weren't understanding this. What's he being mad for? You know, everything seemed for them to be stacked against them. So this is what happened with Omar. And then um, the Prophet ﷺ decided, they remember they're in Ahram. Yeah. Prophet ﷺ ordered them, he said, Slaughter your animals and shave your heads. Slaughter your animals and shave your heads. As though they've done Umrah. But actually they're getting good news. Yeah. Otherwise they could just go back as though they haven't done Umrah. But why slaughter the animals and shave your head? means your Umrah is going to be accepted. SubhanAllah. So he ordered the Sahaba to do that. And, and it is mentioned in authentic hadith. He ordered them three times and nobody moved. Nobody moved. The Prophet became perplexed and upset. So he went 
and this is a, another part of the story that's so important, he went to the tent of Umm Salama, that was a wife who was travelling with him, who was known for her wisdom. She was the one he asked Shura for advice from, his wife. This is a man from 1400 years ago. Yeah. And compared to that, many chauvinist Muslim nowadays men, including many of the scholars, how they see the woman. In fact, they have fabricated hadith actually. Take advice from your woman and do the opposite. That's a famous fabricated hadith and they put it in the mouth of Rasulullah. Na'udhu Billah. Making mockery. But if you look at him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was Umm He said, Ya Rasulullah, go out of your tent. Don't say a word to anybody. This is her, her advice. Radiallahu anhu, Ummul Mu'minin, subhanallah. The Messenger of God. In that time, yeah, you want to see a modern man? At, from that time. Don't say anything to anybody, Ya Rasulullah. Yeah. Just go and sacrifice your animal and shave your head. And don't follow you, Ya Rasulullah. And that's what he did. He went out, didn't say anything to anyone. Sacrificed his animal, shaved his head. And very soon after that, all the Sahaba. Hadith mentioned, all started rushing to do that. Ulama say, and this is a good interpretation, because they say, they were waiting and hoping that he might change his mind. When he said, sacrifice your animal, shave your head, they were thinking, well, perhaps, you know, it's going to be abrogated. Allah's going to send a verse saying, no, go to Mecca. <laughs> still, they're still hoping, you see, because they're thinking revelation's going to come. Yeah? He's going to be corrected. So they're just holding back. Yeah? But once they saw what the message of Allah did I thought there's no way back now he's done it he's already done it yeah it was a good interpreter so of course they all followed to the extent they were rushing yeah some shaving each other's uh, uh, hair and others cutting and the prophet gave the glad tidings for those who uh, shaved their uh, uh, hair and those who cut it as well uh, stressing more on those who shaved their hair but still giving glad tidings for those who cut it as well so that that uh, took place um, Prophet and his Sahaba soon after that packed their belongings and bags and off Alda returned back to Medina. Returning back to Medina. Now, a hadith mentioned then on the way back to Medina, they stopped at a place called Qura al Ghamim, where they stopped on the way as well. And on the way back, Allah SWT revealed. As we, I'm going to try and go through that as quickly as, as we can because it brings out lessons as well. And, and one man in, a, in authentic hadith, a Sahaba report, a man said, Ya Rasulullah, was it a victory? <laughs> After this game, he goes, <laughs> Was that really a victory? <laughs> he still don't understand. He said, for sure, Ya Messenger of Allah said, yes, it was. For sure, it was a victory. For sure, it was a victory. And it only uh, dawned on them on the return because revelation came now from Allah. So now Omar's realizing. Yeah, 
Sira writes mention, but it's not in authentic hadith, that he was hiding away away from the Messenger of Allah for what he'd actually done for being impotent, right? Yeah, and he was uh, until the revelation came and the Prophet, well, Sira mentioned it. The Prophet said, of course, he knew about it as well and he, he realized. But they realized in the coming year, actually, not in coming ten years. They realized in the coming year. In the coming year, because it was only about 17-18 months between this fat, this uh, victory, this Sulh uh, al-Hudaybiyah uh, uh, and Fatu Mecca. 1,400 Sahaba here. How many came Fatu Mecca? 10,000. Imam Zuhri quite rightly is quoted as saying, and ulama followed after that, and this is what we were taught from years as well, more people embraced Islam in this 17-18 months after the peace treaty than all the years of Nubuwa before it. All the years. Showing you the flavor of Islam. Islam didn't cause all the fighting. Muslims didn't cause it, as I've told you all the way along. With lots of evidence. Yeah? They were being attacked and they were defending. Yes? But the objective of Rasulullah and Islam and Anbiya is, is peace. Because that allows dialogue. That allows sharing. Yeah? And that's why they, say, uh, uh, they said now, Sahaba, that there was hardly any occasion when there was dialogue and talk on Islam that the person on the receiving end immediately embraced Islam and became Muslim. It was that simple. It was fertile. Because they suddenly realized the truth, which they weren't able to listen to before. So it's an amazing, this Hudaybiyah is just an amazing, so many lessons in it. And the prime lesson of the power of Islam and the purpose of Islam, its message, is to win the hearts and minds of human beings. It came to benefit them. And the best way is through like we're living in peace here, are we not? Warfare is not the purpose. Killing, killing and butchery is not the purpose. Like these wretched people think, wretched Muslims think, wherever they may be, that we're here to kill and to uh, cause mayhem, yeah? kill all disbelievers. <laughs> There's nobody left to do that one. Yeah? They, they do ayah to safe, they finished all the people. They said there is no da'wah. Can you believe that? Most of the Quran disappears, they cut it with the ayat of, uh, of Surah Tawbah of safe, which says, Kill them wherever you find them. So there's no da'wah anymore. There's no mercy, there's no turning the other, there's no forgiveness, there's no understanding, there's no dialogue. It's basically. Go around, chop, chop, kill, 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 kill. Can you imagine a religion that came out of Rahmatul Alameen, from of Ar Rahman Ar Rahim at the beginning of every surah but one that begins with Bismillah Ar Rahman Ar Rahim, and after that the conclusion Faktulu Haythu Tukiftumuhum, Faktulu Haythu Tukiftumuhum, Faktulu Haythu Tukiftumuhum. Kill them wherever you find them. Kill them wherever you find them. Kill them. I mean, it doesn't require more than one brain cell to realize that can't be right, does it? But sadly in our history, there are imams and ulama who also said this. That's where they got it from. Yeah. 
they must have had their minds twisted as well with warfare. Yeah, we give them the excuse that maybe they were living in warfare time. That's all they could see. Yeah, battle, battle were, battlegrounds were drawn. And that affects mindset of people. Well, as it does today. We say terrorists are also brood as well, are they not? Yeah, let's not say they just come out of nice, they're living in gardens and orchards and sipping and eating fruit and having three meals a day and more, yeah? Relaxing in the garden in the night, sunshine, and suddenly they became terrorists. Is it? No, it's not. It's because there's mayhem everywhere around them. Yeah? People are dropping bombs on them from the top and butchering yeah, from this side and that side. And then they get twisted minds. Yeah? And their twisted mind they use to twist the religion. That's the reality, isn't it, brothers and sisters? That is the reality we have to realize. Yeah. But we don't give that as an excuse to say we should do that. And that's why in one of the hadith, the Prophet mentions in the last time they will come when there is lots of division. Look at the Muslim woman. Because when all that mayhem is going on, there it produces the seeds for this kind of... Yeah. So Hudaybiyah is a beautiful example to counter the reality yeah. And Fatum Mubin, as Allah called it in the Quran, yeah, you'd think, oh my goodness, it's because victory's been given, big bloodshed, all the uh, kuffar butchered left, right, and center, and then, you know, a mountain of dead bodies, and the Prophet marching. Victory. It was never that. This is victory. This is victory. Yeah, a treaty which is, which is unfair. Absolutely, isn't it? Unfair against the believers. But it's a victory. Yeah. To the extent, therefore, it's a prelude to Fatum Mecca, where there's no bloodshed, even though he's marching fully armed at the head of 10,000 Sahaba. Radiallahu anhum ajma'in. As we'll see when we come to Fatum Mecca. So, this uh, being revealed, and uh, we'll go through some of the ayahs of it, a few things um, with the, uh, the expedition of Hudaybiyah as came, coming in a hadith which clarify as byproducts, just to mention by the way. Uh, one uh, was as in uh, Surah Mumtahina is that women came from Mecca to give their bayah and to the Prophet oath of allegiance and to say they were Muslims. So Surah Mubtahin Allah SWT revealed to say, yeah, when they come, check them. Yeah. Those who were examined. Mubtahina from Imtihan. That's Allah told them, the Messenger of Allah, to check. Were they coming for belief reasons to Medina or for other reasons? If they were coming for belief reasons, yeah, Allah SWT told them, told the Messenger not to return them to Mecca. Some people, some uh, ulama said that broke the agreement, despite it breaking agreement with the Quraysh. Uh, yeah, others said no, the agreement was rajul, because it mentioned if a man comes, yeah, not in, excluded women anyway. And the reason for not returning them was that it was now dissolving the marriage with mushriks for believing women who come to Medina. 
unless they believe themselves, the men as well, and to return the dawah back to them. Yeah. So that's one of the things that happened. Some women came at that time as well to embrace Islam, which mentioned in the authentic hadith, and the Quran is revealed in connection with that. Uh, other things on the way there or on the way back, I mentioned to you some of the miracles yeah, at the wells of Hudaybiyah with water coming when they don't have. Yeah, uh, other things was uh, at one t on the journey they ran out of provisions. It was on the Hudaybiyah journey. Yeah, hadith, authentic hadith mentions it. So they were starving. So the Prophet said, "Bring all the provisions that we have. One thousand four hundred Sahaba. Yeah, put them on this parchment like a, a canvas, so we can partake and share." So when they brought it, the Sahabi says, I could measure the parchment for you. It was just about this big. You know, he's measuring by his arm's length. He said, it was, the size of it was, actually I just remembered in the Hadith, he said, a goat could sit on it. Yeah, so it's this big. And the, the, the provisions that all these 1,400 Sahaba had were put on it. You can imagine how much there was then, if a goat could sit on it to feed 1,400 people. And the Sahabi says, we all came eight hours full from this. 1,400 people. So the miracle of the Messenger of Allah again. We already had one at Khandaq, remember, when Jabir invited the Prophet Sallallahu I mentioned to you. Yeah, these are real miracles. They're mentioning authentic hadith. So we don't deny them. Sahabo, eyewitnesses are reporting. <laughs> they were there. Another thing that happened, in the same hadith it mentions that they needed to make wudu and freshen themselves and then they couldn't find water. So the Prophet said, anybody got any uh, water? So a man came with a container and it had nutfa, a drop of water in it. So the Prophet said, put it in here. So he dropped it in there and then there was water enough for all of them to make wudu with, plenty of water to make wudu with and they all did 1,400. So those are some of the things again. Subhanallah. Uh, so actually, there were actually uh, miracles, as we've said many times, with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. One of the other things on the, uh, this journey was that uh, one hadith mentions that uh, the Prophet told the Sahaba because they were in their tents and things, and for salah they would come together. And one of the times on this journey, it rained, so it became muddy where they were. So the Mu'azzin was told to declare in the Adhan, instead of saying, Hayya, come, he was told, and pray in your rihal, pray in your places, not to come, to pray together. So they prayed in their own uh, tents, the Salah. So that was one of the ruchas, uh, oh, uh, um, uh, ease that was uh, happened on this journey. Another thing that happened, famously reported, and some hadith link it with this journey, is this is the time when uh, Iblal was the Mu'addin, he was made responsible for waking them up for Fajr, and he didn't wake up. And when all the Sahaba, the Prophet woke up, the sun was brightly shining in their faces. And the Prophet people became scared, the Sahaba. In authentic hadith, he mentioned the Prophet said, don't be frightened. Laysa, laysa fin nomi tafrit. Or laysa min nomi tafrit. There's no neglect in sleep. Told him to calm down. 
Subhanallah. Calm down. And one of the reports of authentic hadith mentioned, then he said, let's move away from this place. Because yeah, shaitan's in this place. So what would they do? They'd have to pack all their belongings, tents and everything. How long will that take? You can only imagine. So they moved to a new place. Then they made wudu. Bilal called the adhan. Sun's shining. Yeah? And they prayed their sunnah. And then they prayed together in jama'ah. Salatul Fajr. So, look, this is the deen of mercy. Again, to show uh, uh, some of the stuff from uh, the, uh, linked with this journey. Uh, and, and finally, for, for this session today, to mention about Abu Basir. Because it links with Abu Jandal. When the Prophet returned to Medina shortly after, um, somebody called Abu Basir, who had embraced Islam in Mecca, came to Medina. He was followed by two Quraysh, sent to bring him back, according to the treaty, of course. So Abu Basir comes, and the two emissaries who were sent to bring him back came, and said, according to the treaty, you have to return him back. Messenger Allah said, absolutely, take him. Abu Basir has to go back, so he goes back with them. On the way back, not too far from Medina, he plays a trick on them. Remember, they're his captives. Yeah? Medina doesn't fight them, but they're his captives. He's, he's, a, he's alone to do whatever he wants. He's not under the command of Medina. This is very important to remember. He's not under the rule of Medina, of the government of Medina. They've been left to Mecca. Yeah? So on the way, he says to one of the two who captives who are taking him back, that sword is amazing. I've not seen the like of that before. And that fool says, because he says, can I have a look at it? That fool says, hey, you have a look at it. <laughs> so obviously he looks at it and he puts it straight through him as well. Yeah. So that's one gone and the other one runs away of his captive. So Abubasid comes back again to Medina. Yeah, but before he gets back, the one who came, he comes running back and say, reports the message of Allah, look, you know, He's done this, and, and, uh, and uh, it's not in the hadith, but in Sirah, they say, the Messenger of Allah says, do you want to take him back? And he goes, no, I don't want to take him back, because he doesn't want to have the same done to him. So anyway, he goes back, and Abu Basir, instead of going back, he escapes. He escapes. The Prophet starts to mention authentic hadith, and that's interpreted in various ways. He says about Abu Basir, he says, woe to his mother. He's going to be kindled the fire of war if he has any other comp any companions with him. Woe to his mother. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be the kindler of war. Now, that can be taken positively and negatively. I take it negatively. There's some ulama who took it positively. Those who took it positively said, oh, he's encouraging Abu Basir to start a fight, yeah, and to others to join him, right? For those who take it negatively, they say, look what it says at the beginning. It says, woe to his mother. <laughs> like, may, may your mother be bereaved of you. You're going to do something negative, yeah? So negative side is, 
he's going to end up kindling a war if we don't watch it and therefore end up breaking the treaty if we're not careful. Yeah, can be taken that way as well. Abu Basir, nevertheless, he escapes to the coastline. Yeah. Uh, where Jeddah is on the, that side of coastline. And, and it is found out by Abu Jandal, Suhail's son, and others who are believers that he's turned up there. So they go to join him. They manage to escape as well. They know they can't go to Medina, so they go to where Abu Basir is. What do they do as a gang now themselves? They're a law to themselves because they're under no law. They're under the law of Medina, are they? Because Mecca said you can't have them. So they decide to get their own back on their punishers. And you could say they have a right. They've been tortured, not because they were criminals, but because they said, La ilaha illallah. Yeah? So they, can, they have their own issue with Meccans. So what they started doing, Quraysh uh, uh, business caravans coming via the coastline, attack, kill and plunder. So did that for a short while until Quraysh got fed up of it. They said, oh messenger, they, well they didn't believe a messenger of God, oh Muhammad, relieve of this affliction. Yeah, we know we said you can't have people coming from Mecca, but take them, please take them. Please take them. <laughs> but the Prophet didn't break the treaty. They're requesting him now that on this point to reverse the treaty. Reverse that part of the treaty. As a consequence, therefore, Ulama said, in these 16, 17 months, that's why the likes of um, um, Khalid ibn Walid and Abd, uh, ibn al-As, the two real generals and fighters you know, who were there actually trying to stir it up at Hudaybiyah, remember Khalid? With his cavalry, trying to stir it up. They embraced Islam and went to Medina. And that's why nobody asked for their return back. Because it was after this event. Yeah. So that's about Abu Basir that we should uh, know about, and Abu Jandal, who eventually turned up in Medina because of that. And which is really... A, a dua of the Messenger of Allah, may Allah find you an opening and a way. And that was the opening and the way. And it was only some months after, not waiting <coughs> 10 years of persecution, Allah SWT found them a way uh, to be relieved of the affliction. So, let me read some ayahs as quickly as I can before we finish for today. <coughs> because uh, Surah Fatah, it, it really is all about that. It's all about Hudaybiyah. Allah SWT says Bismillah Rahman Surely we've granted you a clear victory So that Allah may forgive you your shortcomings or your sins yeah what have gone and which are to come. And to complete his bounty and favor upon you. And in order to guide you to the straight path. And that Allah may bestow upon you a mighty uh, victory or mighty help. Can be victory or hell. 
هو الذي أنزل السكينة في قلوب المؤمنين ليزدادوا إيمانا مع إيمانهم ولله جنود السماوات والأرض وكان الله عليما حكيما It is he who's Allah meaning who sent down sakina yeah in a peace which means control as well fi qulubil mu'minin in the hearts of the believers to increase them increase liyazdadu imana ma imanihim to increase the iman on top of their iman increase the iman on top of their walillahi junudus samawati wal ard wa kana allahu aliman hakima even though to allah belongs the uh, junud is like the military yeah, of the heavens uh, and the earth and Allah is all aware and all wise what in relation to that Allah is saying to them Allah could have destroyed those mushriks to him belongs the junud however he is all knowing and all wise because he didn't want that he didn't want to destroy them because they became believers in the end there was no need for bloodshed and slaughter yeah perhaps that's what you wanted Allah saved you from that by sending sakina on you as well yeah sakina means that you were <laughs> controlled and comforted despite the trials that was being thrown and the 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 sort of uh, uh, provocations that were being thrown at you Allah SWT is the one who controlled you by sending sakina on you yeah that's what's being said to remind them what was going what went on لِيُدْخِلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَيُكَفِّرَ عَنْهُمْ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا Oh, subhanAllah. They loved it when this ayah came down. Because it forgave all of them. Here, forgave all of them, those who were there in Hudaybiyah. Allah SWT says, Why do we send Sakina? Why do we make you control and go through this? Why? So that we could enter, we could, uh, that Allah could admit the believing men and the believing women into gardens underneath which rivers flow, to dwell therein forever and ever. And to blot out from them their sins. That was an opportunity of blotting out. Remember the Prophet said, climb this and all your previous sins forgiven. Yeah. And going through further with the trials they were going through. They were being rewarded through their tribulation. Yeah. That before Allah, that indeed is a great triumph. That is a triumph, not what you were thinking. Yeah? You were thinking to kill the Meccans, take over Mecca. No, Allah seeing a different something for you. Something forever and ever you were being offered and given as reward. And to punish the Munafiks, the hypocrites who were back there saying, don't go. Yeah? Oh no no we're busy, oh messenger of God, we're too busy. We can't we can't come. Our crops will perish and this and that because they were asked to come. 
and the munafikin and the, uh, the hypocrite men and hypocrite women, while mushrikeen and the idolaters who are facing you in enmity and trying to, uh, to, trying to uh, fight you, uh, mushrik men and mushrik women, Allah and look, they put in the same basket. <coughs> the munafiks and the mushriks in the same basket. Yeah. Munafiks pretend to be Muslim, but they put in the same punishment. What were they doing? What were they doing? Because uh, they harbored evil thoughts about Allah in themselves, meaning against Allah. So from Su. Bad thoughts about Allah, uh, meaning they rejected Allah, didn't they? They didn't believe in Munafiks as well. That's what it means. Evil thoughts about Allah. Alayhim Yeah. Upon them be they be surrounded by uh, by misfortune and evil because of their shirk and their nifaq. Uh, Allah is angry with them. And he has cursed them. Allah cursed them. There's nothing left, is there? Look what they're getting compared to what you're being promised. And you think that they've won? You think that they made you the leal? Do you see what Allah is saying to the believers? Because they felt. The mushriks are oh, way down trodden. Look, they're making misery out of us and they have got the upper hand. They're being arrogant. Look what Allah is saying. You think that's what it is? Yeah, Allah is sending his curse upon them. And Jahannam has been made ready for them. Wa'addalahum Jahannam. And what an uh, evil and awful place it is, a goal to go to. Yeah, abode. Walillahi junoodu samawati wal ard. Repeat it again. To Allah belongs. The military yeah, of the heavens and the earth. Same thing repeated. This ayah is repeated. He could have, he can destroy all of them. But Allah is all knowing and all wise. And that links with, you see, Omar and the others questioning the Messenger of Allah. And Abu Bakr saying, Who do you? And, and probably saying, I can't disobey. And who am I not disobeying? وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا Oh, subhanAllah. Yeah. And Allah is the one. He, he knows everything. Uh, and here, uh, sorry, here is Aziz and Hakima before Alim and Hakima is mighty yeah? and wise. Mighty but wise. Full of wisdom. إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ شَاهِدًا وَمُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا لِتُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتُؤَزِّرُوهُ وَتُوَكِّرُوهُ وَتُسَبِّحُوهُ بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا Surely we have sent you down as a witness, Shahid, the Messenger of Allah, and a giver of glad tidings and a warner. Yeah, this is to re-establish. This is to re-establish when 
the Suhail ibn Amri saying, Rasulullah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Rabbi Taq, we don't accept that. We don't accept that. If we accepted that, we wouldn't be sitting here having a treaty and all this fighting. So the Messenger of Allah said, you can say what you want, we'll rub it out, but I am surely I have been sent as the Messenger of Allah. Be clear about it, even though you reject it. So Allah saying, Inna arsalnaka, confirming, for surely we have sent you, shahidan wa mubashiran wa nadhira, subhanallah. It makes your heart melt. Allah supporting his messenger. Absolute firmness. Yeah, despite what they say. So you believe it as well. Yeah, Omar saying, have you not been sent with the truth? Are you not the messenger? Allah, Allah saying to you, Omar, as well. Inna arsalna so in order that you will believe, all of you, saying to the believers now, in Allah and His Messenger, In order that you believe in Allah's Messenger, and that you support Him, and that you revere Him, and you celebrate Allah's glory morning and evening. Here it reminds me, and I remind others when I say it always, that to do good works, but to sabbihuhuwa, don't forget to mention Allah. The connection with Allah is always necessary for us. Otherwise, good works will disappear, brothers and sisters, into just ash. Yeah. We don't want to be of the, the so-called modern idea when you mention to young people about uh, what about learning about Islam, about Salah, coming close, doing extra. They say, oh, well, I heard all that. Yeah, I'll do good works. The Sahaba being told, you need that. As good works has been mentioned, as supporting the Messenger of Allah in good things, yeah, honoring him, then and to glorify Allah morning and evening, because that will strengthen us and give us Iman. And we need it against Shaitan. There's no escape from that and say, I don't need it. Na'udhu Billah. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُبَايِعُونَكَ إِنَّمَا يُبَايِعُونَ اللَّهِ Subhanallah. Allah SWT is saying, those who took the bayah under the shajarah, remember? Bayatul Ridwan. Yeah? When those who took the bayah with you, pledge with you, they were only taking a pledge really with Allah. With Allah. That pledge was. Yeah? What does it say after that? Yadullahi fawqa aidihim. Subhanallah. Allah's hand was over their hand. Allah's hand was over their hand. And we thought that we give so much credence and status to the Messenger of Allah putting his hand in. Yeah? For representing Uthman ibn Affan. And over all of the hands, Allah says, Allah's hand was over their hand. Glory be to Him. Whoever breaks this pledge, then they break themselves. They do damage to themselves. They do damage him to Him or Self. And whoever fulfills the pledge that that's been taken, 
that he made with Allah. Repeating again, that he made with Allah. <laughs> yeah, Allah SWT said, Ahada alayhullah. Not that he made with the messenger. Allah says he made with Allah. Soon uh, will be uh, given a great reward. Fasayuktihi. It will be bestowed on uh, that person a great, great reward. سَيَقُولُ لَكَ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ شَغَلَتْنَا شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُونَا فَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَنَا The Bedouins who were left behind say to you from the Arabs, from the Bedouin Remember I said they were saying شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُونَا We have been preoccupied with our goods and our families so ask forgiveness for us, meaning we're so bogged down with these. Ask forgiveness for us, telling the messenger. Fastafilana. Yaquluna bi alsinatihim ma laysa fi kulubihim. They are saying with their tongues what is not really in their hearts. They're monafics, in other words. They're lying. They're not asking for forgiveness, really. Yeah? They're not really bogged down, but they never wanted to come in the first place, remember? As we said at the beginning of the story of Hudaybiyah. Allah is saying, say to them, who will then save you from Allah with anything in regards to anything? If he wishes you harm or if he wishes you benefit. Remember, they're not coming out and saying, oh, you know, we're going to get butchered by the Quraysh. We're going into the lion's den. So Allah is saying, if Allah wants, Allah controls everything for your benefit or your harm. So who's going to protect you? If Allah decides, whether you sit at home, in other words, you're not going to escape that. Because it wasn't true belief, you see. So Allah's reminding what true belief is. is to trust in Allah. Everything belongs to Him and controlled by In the end, actually, they went to Hudaybiyah, came back, not one of them got killed. They weren't expecting that, were they? The Munafiks. Look what Allah SWT gave of His bounty with that victory. Yeah? They were expecting they're all going to be butchered. But they came back, look. So Allah SWT says, But surely Allah is with what you do. Allah is fully, absolutely aware. That's why He's saying, they say from their tongues, what is not in their hearts. <laughs> he knows what tricks you're playing. بَلْ ظَنَنْتُمْ أَلَّنْ يَنْقَلِبَ الرَّسُولُ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِيهِمْ أَبَدًا Here it comes. What did they think? But in truth, you had imagined yeah, and thought that the messenger believers would never ever come back again to their homes. That's what these people were really hoping for. When it says Baldonantum, it doesn't mean you were guessing, it means that's what you desired. Yeah? Look what it carries on saying. Ahli Abada, never. means beautification. And that was beautified in your hearts. It means here that you cherish that thought. 
that they're not going to come back. You understand? Well, Zujina here is used in that sense that you cherish, you love that idea. Oh, he's not going to come back with these believers. We'll take over. وَزُيِّنَ ذَلِكَ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَذَنَنْتُمْ ذَنَّ السَّوْءِ وَكُنْتُمْ قَوْمًا بُورًا And you thought, yeah, you had notions and in your uh, harbored evil thoughts inside you. These were evil thoughts. Uh, indeed, you are a people who are بُورًا uh, who... Uh, uh, have lost everything basically. Bura, bara yabur comes from uh, the idea of infertile wasteland which has nothing to offer. Yeah. Uh, um, Darul Bawar is used for Jahannam as well. Bawar from the same verb. Darul Bawar is Jahannam, uh, a place uh, uh, where where they'll perish. Yeah. Yeah. You are a people, uh, in this sense, uh, evil as well. Omambura, yeah. those who are uh, people who deserve, <coughs> deserve punishment, yeah. deserve to be uh, perished. وَمَنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَإِنَّا عَتَدْنَا لِلْكَافِرِينَ سَعِيرًا And whoever does not believe in Allah and his messenger. When they've been given clear message, they reject like these were doing. Surely Allah is saying, we are prepared for these rejecters, Sa'ira, from Sa'ra. Yeah? Yeah, means a blazing fire. Yeah. We're prepared for such a blazing fire. وَلِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُؤَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا yeah, Allah giving all that warnings, Allah is so merciful still. Because the mushriks could have all, all had that. But it's because he turned to them in forgiveness, gave them an opportunity for guidance. They got, they got this instead. They got what comes in this verse instead of what was said before. To Allah belongs the kingdom of the heavens and the earth. He forgives whomever he wills. He punishes whoever he wills. He forgives whoever he wills. He punishes whoever he wills. Yeah. Really, Allah can do anything. You can go blue in the face, cursing, swearing, and in the end you're going to die. In the end you had no choice even to be created. It wasn't in your power. As they say, oh, all this suffering, why did God create this? What kind of God is that? Who are you to question? How do you understand this minuscule little bit of sight you have in front of you? You have no idea, you're just starting to discover the multiple universes, multiverse, beyond your imagination, outside time. And he is fully aware of all of that and every drop that drops every droplet, every every leaf that falls, every little creature inside the uh, hidden inside, nay, every part of an atom, part of it which you haven't even discovered. He who knows all that, and you want to judge him? 
How dare you? How impudent? How arrogant to judge Allah with your minuscule little knowledge that you have in front of you and say, uh, how, how they suffering? How can he do that? How can he do that? You, you who had no idea, had no volition in your existence. You who don't deserve to exist. Does anybody, can anybody say, I deserve to be created, oh God? Where did you get that deserve? Where did you get the deserve? If he gives you one second, the baby comes out the mother's womb and cries for a second and dies. Praise be to Allah who gave one second to that baby and produced him in the mother's womb. We don't deserve that one second. But we say, oh, look at that cruelty, dying of cancer. And what about the five or six years before she or he died of cancer? You forgot that? We don't deserve to even live that. And this is dunya. This is important for us to think about the challenge for the atheist. Yeah? The atheist who doesn't believe until something negative happens and blames it on God. You understand the irony? Yeah. Doesn't believe, wretched, but when something. So, all the positive times, he's not thinking about anything yeah, except filling his or her belly and pockets and enjoying, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And the negative happens, and oh, God, it's God, yeah. Now, the middle So, Allah SWT says, He forgives whenever He wills, He punishes whoever He wills. But at the end, look what he says. <laughs> yeah, well, surely Allah is of forgiving, most merciful. In other words, his punishment, he just reduces it, hasn't he? Completely by saying, and he is of forgiving, most merciful. He could make it equal, his forgiveness and his punishment. But he is of forgiving, most merciful. So the punishment goes right down there. Glory be to Allah. سَيَكُولُ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ إِذَا انْتَلَقْتُمْ uh, It carries on with those who are left behind uh, making excuses and uh, yet when it comes to booty they're ready to come in and say we're with you when <laughs> they want the material benefit. Um, I don't want to go on too long but you can uh, recite and reflect on it for yourself. Uh, oh. I'll just read from here a little bit more. I won't have time to go all through all of it. Uh, Allah SWT says now from uh, verse 18 onwards. Indeed, Allah was pleased with the believers when they took a pledge under the tree. Hence, Be'atu Ridwan, Laqad Allah. Allah is pleased with them. When they swore and took a pledge under the tree, uh, He knew what was in their hearts. Yeah? فَأَنزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا What was in their hearts when they took the pledge? What was in the hearts? War was in the hearts. Remember? What were they taking the pledge for? What were they taking the pledge for? What was the reason for the pledge? No. Remember what happened? Why are they taking the pledge? 
forgotten. But it's easy to forget. Osman <laughs> ibn Affan didn't come back. Right? So they're thinking, and here, Prophet Sallallahu doesn't have Ilmul Ghaib because he takes a pledge with them. They, some Sahaba called it pledged to death, pledged to die fighting to take revenge on them killing uh, Uthman. Yeah? So that's what they're taking. So they're taking the pledge to fight. So Allah knew what was in your hearts. And as it happens, Uthman came back. <laughs> but look what Allah says. Allah knew what was in your hearts. That's why, فَأَنزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah knew what was in their heart, so He sent Sakina on them. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have, there would have been bloodshed with what was in, in the hearts of those who took the plague. فَأَنزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا And He rewarded them with a, a, a victory. Um, <coughs> And he uh, rewarded them, Fatan Kariba, with a near victory, with a, a close by victory. That could mean the victory of Hudaybiyah. Yeah, because they took when they took the place, there was no victory. Others said it means victory of Khaybar and Fatu Mecca. But actually, if you look at the context of it, when they were taking the pledge, there was no treaty. This is the same victory. Of Hudaybiyah that they were given very soon after that word and he rewarded them with a victory that was very near and the nearest victory there was Hudaybiyah Sulh al-Hudaybiyah so that's best of seal for that actually that's uh, to come in the future the booty that will come in large amounts that they will take and benefit from وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَزِيزًا حَكِيمًا Allah is powerful and wise. Allah promises them then of victories like Hunayn and Khaybar uh, that will come to them. <coughs> and here, a few verses on, verse 24. <laughs> It was he, Allah, who held back their hands from you, from them killing and injuring you. Yeah, because they kept getting caught. They tried, the mushriks, didn't they? I've given you in the story. But Allah prevented that from happening. However, he also prevented your hands from them. Look what Omar wanted to do on the others. Yeah? What did they want? In the valley of Mecca. Bibatni Mecca, it's mentioned here. He held back your hands, talking about Hudaybiyah again. Min ba'di an adfarakum alayhim. After, <coughs> ah, even though Allah adfara means Allah gave you the upper hand over them. And I said to you, even there was 1,400, the iman level, and they, they, that's why they felt they had the upper hand. That's why they wanted to fight, because they felt they could defeat the enemy. Even though, even though Allah is saying you had the upper hand. But surely Allah is, was, is fully seeing all that you do. He was watching what you were, uh, were doing. <coughs> um, 
Well, it's just a shorter time, but I would have done it all. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala indeed uh, showed that vision to His Messenger in truth. Umar is saying, "Did you not see the vision?" This is where it comes. It comes in the Quran that the Prophet was given that vision. You will certainly enter Masjid al-Haram by the will of Allah, insha'Allah. Aminina muhalliqina ru'usakum Insecurity and shaving your heads وَمُقَصِّرِينَ and those, and cutting off cutting the hair short <laughs> included here as well لا تخافون فعلم ما لم تعلموا لا تخافون meaning without any fear you'll be doing this Allah is still promising this is going to happen yeah that his vision the messengers was true Allah did send him that vision فَعَلِمَ مَا لَمْ تَعْلَمُوا فَجَعَلَ مِن دُونِ ذَلِكَ فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا He knew what you did not know and he granted you a victory near at hand as a fulfillment of that vision. Yeah. Near at hand. هُوَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَى وَدِينِ الْحَقِّ لِيُظْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ شَهِيدًا Again, in rebuttal to Suhail saying, we don't accept Messenger of God, Allah saying, it is He who sent uh, uh, His Messenger with the guidance and the religion, the way of life based on truth, to make it prevail all, over all other ways. That's, in other words, this is Bushra and good news again for them that it's going to prevail, as it did. Yeah, uh, 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 and enough is Allah as a witness to that, as a witness to that. Uh, and the last verse, which is about Muhammad Rasulullah, and those who are haven't got time. Now we'll finish there. We read that verse uh, as well as you reflect on Surah Al-Fat, and you see that's the end of Surah Al-Fat. All of it, all of it, is to do with the Rabia. Al-Fat, it's called that as well, the victory. Subhanallah. Uh, one of the most um, enlightening and lesson-filled events in Sirah, I find, is Hudaybiyah. There's so much to reflect on and to learn from. And most of it is mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim in a hadith. So the longest hadith in Bukhari is to do with Hudaybiyah, Sahih Bukhari. So we don't have to say, oh, it's based on parts of Sirah. Is it happened? Did it happen? Did it not happen? And then it's in the Quran, brothers and sisters, isn't it? Yeah? So much to learn from that and reflect on. May Allah SWT guide us, forgive us. Keep us on Salatul Mustaqim. Um, before we end, any questions on Hudaybiyah? And um, then I think with Ramadan from next week, and I'm going to go away for two weeks as well. I think we have a break in Ramadan and start after that, inshallah. If that's all right with you. And we'll announce it 
after Ramadan, which date, inshallah, we'll start off again. And maybe I'll ask one or two of you to send the word around. Um, and we, uh, somehow we have to use, with Brother Andrew, the tweet and things like that as well, and send it out fully so people are aware. Any questions? The hypocrites, when they, when they were seeing the Rasulullah the miracles in front of their own eyes, what was going through the mind? How do we justify his questioning his same as people who've got rotten inside, I mean, even the disbelievers. I mean, hypocrites are disbelievers, in essence, aren't they? So disbelievers, Musa Islam can do whatever he wants, you know, throw his stuff and they can see it. And they'll just say, what, what were they saying? Mushriks, one of the things, they said Sahib to the Prophet Sallallahu as well, magician. Which, actually, we said, better. That's what they meant, because not magician who do doing good but witchcraft sorcerer he's gonna bedazzle you with these evil evil things but that's how it was here okay, he's playing tricks anything else okay you must be tired there's been a long session Guided. I hope it was a benefit to you. And uh, please remember the du'as, remember each other uh, in the du'as, especially in this blessed month that's coming. <coughs> and uh, Allah help us uh, all, uh, the believers, the ummah, and Allah SWT through us, guide those who have not yet got the light of guidance. Allahumma ameen. Allah.